Experiences are what people love the most about travel. Viator is a website and app where you can book travel experiences like hiking Mount Kilimanjaro in Tanzania or enjoying the views while cruising on a catamaran in the Caribbean. They offer everything from simple tours to extreme adventures. With over 300,000 bookable experiences in 190 countries, there's something for everyone. Plus, Viator's travel experiences have millions of real traveler reviews, so you have the information you need to book the best activities for your trip. When you book a travel experience with Viator, there's always flexibility and support with free cancellation, payment options, and 24-7 service. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10. That's V-I-A-T-O-R-10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. One app, over 300,000 travel experiences you'll remember. Do more with Viator. Experiences are what people love the most about travel. That's why they love Viator. They have over 300,000 bookable experiences and something for everyone. Plus, their travel experiences have millions of real traveler reviews, so you have the information you need to book the best activities for your trip. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. One app, over 300,000 travel experiences you'll remember. Do more with Viator. Let's join Bishop Kevin J. Foreman. Take over. Take it Got something for you today. It's got some stank on it. It, 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 I'm going to be in a series after this, after, after today's teaching. We're going to be in that Relationship Revolution series, which is going to be just off the chain, off the hook, off the whatever you can possibly be off of, it's going to be. And so we're excited about that. But uh, today I got something good for you. Touch your neighbor, say it's good for you. We welcome those, of course, watching on all of our campuses. Lift your Bible high. Let's make our confession of faith together. This is my Bible. It is the living word of God. My mind is renewed and my spirit is prepared to receive the word which produces faith and faith pleases God. I'm not just a hearer of the word. I'm a doer of the word. This word has given me life. Shout it out with me, y'all. I am. Hallelujah. Remain standing if you would. Go to John chapter 10. Remain standing if you would. Go to John chapter 10. Say the best is yet to come. Say it like y'all at church. Say the best is yet to come. John 10, go down to Brown, verse number 26. When you have it, say, I have it. If you're still flipping, say, hold on, Bishop. Okay, hold on. There we go. Verse 26, you got it? It says, but you do not believe because you're not my sheep. I'm going to say it again. It's Jesus talking. He says, but you don't believe because you are not of my sheep. As I have said to you, my sheep, say his sheep. They hear my voice and I know them and they follow me. And I give them eternal life and they shall what? Never perish. Neither shall anyone snatch them out of my hand. I'm going to say it again. Let's start at verse 26 again. He says, but you don't believe. And he says, the reason you don't act like you believe is because you ain't mine in the first place. Verse 27, because if you're my sheep, my sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. And I'm going to give them eternal life, and they shall never perish. But nobody, somebody say nobody. nobody. 
somebody say nothing, nothing. shall be able to snatch them out of my hand. Father, I pray that you would speak now, Father, with the eloquence that you always speak with. I decrease that you might increase. Speak now a word to us, your people, God, that we would understand your voice and we would flow with your voice and we would move with your voice. We thank you, God, that after this word today where there's been a lack of clarity as it relates to what you're saying, that's going to be over and that's going to be done with, Father. We thank you that we are your sheep and, Father, we hear your voice. In Jesus' name, somebody shout hallelujah. On your way down, high five two or three people and tell them he was talking the whole time. He was talking. You can be seated. Uh, too often, people are looking for a burning bush experience to clearly uh, speak to them as they are in pursuit of God's voice. The truth of the matter is, is God is speaking to you all the time. Say all the time. The question is, are you tuned in or are you zoned out? Many Christians are so dense and self-righteous that they're tuned out and don't even know it. Uh, notice that the text said that no one can snatch you out of God's hand, but you can certainly remove yourself from God's hand. Uh, his hand is his protection, his love, his order, uh, his leadership. The truth of the matter is we have all had God is that you moments. How many people you have moments like that? God, is that you or is that that pizza I had last night? These are moments that come as a result of uncertainty of who we heard because we get so used to listening to everybody else but God that when God does speak, it's foreign to us. Now, the truth is there's lots of misunderstandings and misinterpretations of God's voice. Now, watch this. Sheep know his voice because a sheep's will is broken. There are four kind of people that come to church. The first is a multitude person. A multitude person comes for what they can get. The second is a sheep. Now, a sheep is unique because a sheep, they did not see very well. Uh, and so they had to rely on the voice of a shepherd. Literally, in natural uh, circumstance, they had to rely on the voice of the shepherd in order to be guided to where they were going they couldn't see what he was doing they had to hear what he was saying are you still here now watch this because the sheep did not have the ability to see very well and they had to rely on his voice uh, one of the things that the shepherd would do is he would have the shepherd's staff as a bishop we call it the crozier and at the end of it there was a big hook on the end and the shepherd would use that for the times when the sheep wasn't listening or when it was acting like it couldn't hear and when the sheep was acting like it couldn't hear, the shepherd would then take the end of that shepherd's staff and snatch them over here and say, evidently you acting like you don't know what's going on. Evidently you acting brand new like you don't know what I'm saying to you. So sometimes God has to snatch you up in order to... But then the bottom of the shepherd's staff was, was very firm. It was very firm, and it was used so that the shepherd could break the legs of the sheep because sometimes the sheep, even though it heard the voice of the shepherd, it would run from the voice of the shepherd because it thought the grass was greener somewhere else. It thought the grass was greener on another side. It thought the grass was greener not following the shepherd. So what happens is then the sheep are able to know the voice of the shepherd because the sheep's will is broken. And you're never going to hear God clearly when you're living for your will over his will. The truth is whatever you really want is what talks the loudest. I'm going to say that again. Whatever you really want is what talks the loudest. If you really want to see God do great things in your life, then God's talking the loudest. But when you want to be lazy and stagnant and status quo, that's what talks to you the loudest. Whatever you want is who's talking the loudest. Are you here? Now watch this. When you think you hear something, it's one of four sources. Say four. 
Now, it's, it's one of these four things. When you, when you think you're hearing something and you say, I wonder if that's Jesus. I wonder if that's God. It's one of four sources. How many of them? Here's the first one. It's you talking to yourself. Jeremiah 17, 9 tells you about you talking to yourself. He says, the heart is deceitfully wicked above all things. Who can know it? Now, we learned a few weeks ago that the heart there is the Hebrew word leb, L-E-B, which means it's your will. So sometimes you will manifest your will in the third person, and it will bring you comfort even if you're wrong. And you'll begin to say stuff to yourself to justify why you're doing what you're doing, even though you know good and doggone well what you're doing is totally off base. And then we say things like, God knows my heart, and nobody's perfect, and, and, and all of this to justify our talking to ourselves. Did you hear what I'm saying? Now, 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 watch this. Here's what you need to say. God's voice is not an emotional feeling. I feel the Lord. Well, that's not him. I promise you that's not him because he doesn't deal in the realm of emotion. You know why he doesn't deal in the realm of emotion? Because your emotions change every day. Mm -hmm. See, on Friday, I was feeling really good about Denver because the weather was really good. Mm -hmm. And then come around this weekend when it got started, I started saying, now, what is going on around here? I was saying how majestic the mountains are and how beautiful. What a be This is so beautiful. Just awesome. Just beautiful. And then all of a sudden, I'm looking at the weather. My feelings changed. You, you know how your feelings do where you, where you feel something on Monday, but by Wednesday, you don't feel it no more. And by Friday, you're not sure if you ever felt it in the first place. That, that's why you don't fall in love. Because when you fall in love, you're going to fall right up out of it. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Uh, the, the second thing you're going to hear. So the first thing you could possibly be hearing is you talking to yourself. Your will talking to you in the third person. Trying to justify what you're doing that you know ain't going to get you the results you want. But at least you know what to expect from it because it's what you've always done. Second thing could be people's unbiblical opinions replaying. You, you know how people say, well, I think you should. Well, if I were you, well, here's the deal. You're not. So I don't need you giving me some information from a perspective that you don't have a grip on. But if I was such and such, well, you're not. And since you're not, you don't have no good ex explanation or have no right to be telling me what you would do if you were me. Because it's easy to sit back and criticize the steps of people when you're not having to fill the shoes that those people are in. But when you have to stand in the shoes that those people are in, you'll learn not to criticize so quickly. But, you know, people's unbiblical opinions, they'll, they'll say stuff, well, you know, God wants this, stuff that ain't nowhere in the Bible. Well, you know, God says this, 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 that ain't in the Bible. Are you hearing what I'm saying? That's why you got to know the word for yourself, because people will say stuff that's good, but it ain't God. Well, wouldn't Jesus want this? No, to the contrary. The word says the exact opposite of that. Well, doesn't Jesus just want peace and harmony amongst everybody? No, the exact opposite. Jesus said, I didn't come to bring peace. I came to bring a sword. Jesus said, I came to, I came to, do, I came to separate some stuff. I came to interrupt some jacked up systems. I came to mess with your generational curses. I came to mess with the stuff you've been doing. Jesus says, I came to mess some stuff up. And the truth is, in his mess up, he's really turning it right side up. Third thing you're going to hear talking is Satan. Satan talking. Now, check this out. We church folk love to say the devil is a finisher. Lie. Come on. Would you act like y'all know what y'all be saying? So let me repeat the sentence since we had temporary amnesia. 
Church folk like saying the devil is a... Here's the problem. That's a lie. <laughs> Satan mixes. Watch this. Now, he's a liar. Scripture says he's the father of lies. But watch out how he lies. He mixes truth with fiction to spawn subtle disobedience. He's going to tell you something true, and he's going to throw a little bit of a lie in there so that you make a small misstep. And then your small misstep turns into a gigantic explosion. Let, let me prove it to you. Let me prove it to you. Let me prove it to you. In Genesis chapter 3, we see the serpent. Serpent doesn't mean snake. It means deceiver. We see the serpent, watch this, speaking to Eve, and he gets her to question what was already made very clear. God was clear. Don't mess with them trees, and especially that one. Leave that alone. Now, what's not clear about that? Now, I'm just serious, you know, because people, people well, I'm not sure. I don't know. But what, what? What you're not clear about? Don't touch the tree. Let the tree alone. That's how we say stuff in the country. We say leave it alone. Let it alone. Watch this. He then mixes truth and fiction together by telling her, did God really say that? And then he says, watch this, you will not surely die. You're not hearing what I'm saying. He tells her, watch this, the fiction part. Did God really say that? Of course he did. Then he says, you will not surely die. Oh, really? Then he tells her the truth. Because he says, God knows that in the day you eat of it, you will become like him, knowing good and evil. That's true. You, you, you mean, what, what do you mean that's true, Bishop? Because in verse 22 of chapter 3, the scripture says, the Lord God said, behold, this man has become like one of us to know good and evil. And now let's see, put out his hand and take from the tree of life and eat and live forever. So he told her the truth, but he also threw in a lie. And the problem with Satan is since he knows scripture a little bit better than your neighbor, he'll try to use what he knows against you. He goes up to Eve and he gets her, watch this, he mixes truth and he mixes fiction and he gets her to make a subtle misstep. She walks over somewhere she ain't got no business being. And when she's over there in a place she's got no business being, she starts getting involved with things she's got no business getting involved with. And before you know it, she's getting cursed because of a little lie mixed with a little bit of truth. When Satan's talking, you, you got to check it because it's going to have a little truth in there. Are you hearing what I'm saying? And the fourth voice you're going to hear. So the first one is you talking to yourself. The second one is people's unbiblical opinions playing in your life. The third one is Satan. Here's the fourth one. God talking. B-I-N-G-O. Watch this. God's voice is God's leading. And it occurs through your process of thought. And most often it is not going to appear in an audible voice. Okay, let, let me prove it to you. In scripture, his precedence, now there were some exceptions, but his precedence was to primarily reserve his audible voice to the set man or woman of God. Because God, since he's not a gossip, doesn't spend a bunch of time talking to people that won't do nothing with what he says. 
Did you hear what I just said there? His precedence was that he only spoke audibly to his set man or to his set woman. Now, 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 now watch this. In the scriptures, we see that there are a few ways that God speaks to us. And as he's speaking to us, if you're able to recognize those ways, you'll be able to make sure and understand, watch this, that God, not only were you talking, but you were talking the whole time. I just wasn't looking for you like that. I was looking for you to, boom, I am God. You was looking for a burning bush experience, and God said, I was talking through, through the person that was talking crazy to you. God says, I was talking through the way they were treating you. You just didn't understand that. God says, I was talking to you when I let them lie to you. You just didn't want to hear what I had to say. Oh, somebody said he was talking the whole time. He was talking. So the first word, the first way, rather, that God speaks now, and we understand it's through the process of thought, and we're not looking for an audible voice primarily. The first way is the Bible. That's pretty simple, right? The Greek word is the logos, L-O-G-O-S, not legos, the logos. This is what God has already said. There's some stuff he doesn't need to say because he's already said. So he doesn't need to say, love your neighbor, because he already said that. So yeah, I just felt the Lord telling me to love. That's not, you, no, what you felt is a repetition of what he already said. And quit using the word feel, because he doesn't deal with that. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Now, look at this, look at this. Psalm 119, 105 says, your word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Y'all remember, I don't, know if, I don't know if folk use them anymore. Y'all remember night lights? I don't know if folks using me. Oh, you still use them? Okay. Uh, uh, well, I haven't seen nightlight in a long time. But yeah, you remember the nightlight? <clears throat> you had the nightlight plugged in for what? For when you needed a light in the middle of the night. Hence the term nightlight. Come on, y'all are bright people, bright people. Now watch this. Uh, uh, the, the, the thing about the nightlight was is that you didn't plug them in way up here or way up high like that. You plugged the nightlight in very low next to your feet so when you're walking you don't misstep into the wrong place the bible will keep you from misstepping in the wrong place because it's just like your nightlight it makes sure no i ain't supposed to go in there it's too dark over there i ain't, I ain't got no business being over there say the nightlight now 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 it's a lamp to your feet and a light to your path now now watch this in God speaking, many times God speaks through open doors and open opportunities. Now, 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 now watch this. Say the word. That's why the enemy would love for you not to read or study the Bible so you don't hear God's voice. Because he already knows you're looking for something audible that ain't coming. So then when you don't get into the word, what ends up happening is you're, you're missing your nightlight. And so you keep misstepping, going over here, going over there. How many years are you going to keep wasting because you ain't going to use your nightlight? Are you hearing what I'm saying? Now, 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 somebody will somebody say, somebody will say, and we teach this in KLU, but somebody might say, well, then where do I start? Where do I start in the Bible? Because I'll just be reading. I don't know what I'm reading. Start with listening to the CDs and going through the scriptures I give you during the worship experience. Don't be sitting here trying to go and get all deep. And I went and got me a Hebrew Greek step. Babe, you ain't ready for all that yet. What you need to do is take this. I gave you Psalm 119, 105. That's your scripture for the week. Be like, but I got it. I got my nightlight. Got my nightlight. And when you feel like you don't know what to do, just say, let me get my nightlight. Let me get my nightlight. 
But the second way then that God is able to speak to us is through angelic visitation. Angelic visitation. Uh, in Genesis 19, we see that there were angels that had came down to destroy God, Sodom and Gomorrah. And when they appeared in the earth realm, they appeared as human beings. Now, uh, we see that it was an angel that spoke to Mary, the mother of Jesus, this way. Uh, watch this. The scripture says, be careful or it insinuates rather, be careful uh, how you treat people because you might be entertaining an angel uh, unknowing to you, uh, uh, which, which, which means this. Sometimes, well, I says when an angel's not coming with wings, there's not going to be a halo. There's not going to be some white glow around them. When angels appear in earth, they look just like your neighbor. Which means maybe that person that really was getting on your nerves was an angel that God was saying, I wanted to see how you were going to act when you wasn't at church. I wanted to see how you were going to act when you thought nobody was listening and nobody was paying attention. Uh, because the real you is not the you you talk about. The real you is what you do when you think nobody's paying attention. Oh, that's the real you. That's the real you. Be watchful. Touch your neighbor and say, watch how you treat me. I might be an angel. The third way God speaks to us then is prayer, praise, and worship. Prayer, praise, and worship. I like that sequence. Watch this. Prayer, praise, and worship is a two-way communication system. It's not just us doing something. It's him responding to what we're doing. That's why you can't miss that part of the worship experiences because you're going to end up leaving with half of what he said. You're going to end up with a half of a sentence. Right? this. The prayer, praise, and worship part of a worship experience, that's the first half of the sentence. But now the message and your giving, that's the second half of the sentence, which means you got to do everything in your power to leave with the whole sentence. And this just isn't at church, but this is everywhere. Everywhere we go should be a place of prayer, praise, and worship. When you're in your car, it's a place of prayer, praise, and worship. You don't have to get in no particular posture. And, oh, I got to get on my knees and say all this deep stuff I heard them say when I was coming up. Most, most wonderful and gracious God, our Father. You ain't got to say all that. And that's what some folks feel like. I just don't know what to pray and know what to say. Because super saints trying to be all deep. Most gracious, omnipotent, omnipotent, omniscient, everlasting king, alpha, omega, beginning, and the end, uh, God. And God's sitting up looking like, would you stop all of that? Get to, what are you saying? You finna <laughs> aggravate the Lord. <laughs> I'll say it like that. I'll be nice. It's, it's... Now, I've taught on prayer, praise, and worship in a series before. You can get your hands on that in, in, the, uh, in the bookstore. But prayer, praise, and worship is two-way communication. That's why when we lift our hands, one of the Hebrew words for lifting our hands means that an exchange is taking place. So I know you think, oh, God, why do I have my hands up? Because number one, we're saying, God, I surrender. But we're also saying, God, while I'm giving you something, you're giving me something. And what you're giving me is your peace. What you're giving me is your joy. What you're giving me is your love. What you're giving me is your compassion. It is a two-way communication. Somebody say two-way. Next way. Next way. Y'all all right? Uh, I'm almost through. The next way God speaks to us. Is through something or someone you least expect. Uh, in Numbers 22, we see God save a man named Balaam's life through a donkey who could perceive something that he couldn't. 
it was the angel of death that was there to slay Balaam. And all of a sudden, the donkey's able, she's able to perceive uh, that there's an angel that's getting ready to absolutely take his life. And so the donkey starts acting up with Balaam. And Balaam's trying, he's beating the donkey, trying to figure out why aren't you going forward. And the donkey's saying, you crazy fool, I'm trying to save you. That's why sometimes you got to be aware of your surroundings because the donkey's trying to say, I'm trying to save you. Can I get real, real for you? Can I do that? Oh, no, y'all, okay, I'll wait, I'll wait, I'll wait, I'll wait, I'll wait, I'll wait, I'll wait. The angel of death was there to take his life. And the angel said, had that donkey not stopped you, you would be killed. K-I-L-T. That is a West Coast colloquialism. That's over, over there. For kill, gone, absolutely out of here. Now, check this out. Can, can I take it another further? Okay, all right. See, y'all, I ain't going to give you something you don't want. I learned not to feed people that ain't hungry. Another, the King James Version of the Bible would call uh, a donkey, it called it a jackass. All of the jackasses that are in your life, they're talking through what they're doing. And you sitting up here trying to envision them as what you hope they become. You just need to realize that they are the jackass that they are. Okay. All right. It's too real. See, y'all don't want it. Can't give hunger. Okay. Okay. Next way God speaks. Next way God speaks. See, 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 because it's an unlikely source. You look at that person and say, God ain't saying nothing to me through them. What are you talking about? And God is saying, I absolutely am saying something to you. I'm saying it's time for some cleaning out of your life. The next way God speaks, I'm almost through, is through your pastor. Now, I want you to flip here. I want you to see this. Go to Jeremiah 3. Go to Jeremiah 3. I want you to see this for yourself. Jeremiah 3.15. You got it? He says this, and I will give you shepherds. Pastors, according to my heart, who will feed you with knowledge and understanding, which means what's the inference? The fact that you need to be fed with knowledge and understanding means what does that mean, folks, by deductive logic? You lack knowledge and understanding. Now, if you come to church with a you know everything attitude, no wonder why ain't nothing good going for you. You can't feed yourself. That, that's not the order of God. That's like you trying to get a scalpel out and do surgery on yourself. You ain't got the ability to do that. Did you, did you read the Bible? It says, and I will give you shepherds according to my own heart that's going to feed you with some knowledge and some understanding. Which means when you come to church, you should come with expectation that God is going to answer every single question that you have. Now watch this. A lot of people, God, I'm just trying to get you. God, what are you saying? God, what are you saying? Listen to me. When you came into this church, and right now as I am speaking, God is talking to you. Every time you come to church, every time you listen to the CD or watch the DVD, you are hearing God speak directly to you. That's why you can't let anything keep you out of church because it's Satan's plan to keep you from hearing from God. Check this out. Can I take you another further? When I'm your pastor, now if I'm not your pastor, this don't apply to you, so you just got to figure it out on your own. But if I'm your pastor, when God is speaking to you, you will hear me. Go to 1 Samuel 3. I want you to see this in the scriptures. I want you to see this. If I'm your pastor, 
you will hear God's voice, but it will be my voice. I want you to see this in the Bible. 1 Samuel chapter 3. So not just, so, so, so somebody said, I'm just trying to hear from God. When I started 20 minutes ago, God started talking. He'd been talking all this time. That whole jackass thing, that was God talking to you because you got some donkeys in your life that you need to. You, you understand? That's God talk. That's him talking directly to you. God is not, well, that's for me, but that ain't for me. Then you're missing God. And you know the thing about God is he's not obligated to say the same thing twice. Are you hearing what I'm saying? And that's why it's so important you have your own library of the messages and the teachings. Why? Because every time you pop one in, you're going to hear God say something that you missed the first time it was said. You didn't hear what I just said. Now, look at this. First Samuel 3. You got it? Verse 1. Now, the boy Samuel ministered to the Lord before Eli, and the word of the Lord was rare in those days like it is today. There was no widespread revelation. And it came to pass at that time when Eli was lying down in his place, when his eyes had, uh, had begun to grow dim that he could not see. Verse, watch verse 3. And before the lamp of God went out in the tabernacle of the Lord where the ark of God was and while Samuel was laying down. Then the Lord called who? And he answered. Look at verse 5. You read it for yourself. Stop. Samuel hears a voice. The voice is God's voice, but it's in Eli's. Which means if you're trying to figure out if God's talking, if it sounds like me, that's probably him. If it sounds like somebody else, you could, no, that ain't it, that ain't it, that ain't it. But keep reading. I want you to see it again. Uh, verse 4, so the Lord called Samuel and answered, here I am. So he ran to Eli and said, here I am, for you called me. And he said, I didn't call you, boy, go lay down. And he went to lay down. Verse 6, then the Lord called yet again, Samuel. So Samuel arose and went to Eli and said, here I am, for you called me. He answered, I ain't called you, my son. Go on, lay down now. Now, I could take a little time here to exegete the fact that he called him son, which intimates that there's another level of the relationship there because he graduated from sheep to servant. To, okay. Anyway, but then it says, verse 7, now Samuel did not yet know the Lord. Check this out. Samuel wasn't even saved. But he was able to hear God in the voice of his pastor. You're not hearing what I'm saying. So all the time you hear me talking to you when you're in the middle of your dream and you're going through your day and you're trying to say, why I keep hearing Bishop? Baby, that's God. And he uses a familiar voice, the voice of your shepherd, because his sheep know his voice. Hear me. God's voice will never contradict the word and it will never contradict spiritual leadership. God will never tell you to do something opposite what the order of the house is. What the order of the word is. It's not his precedence. It's nowhere. But now this is the part I really get excited about. The, the last way that he often speaks to us. Through storms. Go to Psalm 77. I want you to see this one. He speaks through storms. He, he, he speaks through tough circumstances. He speaks through tough situations. He speaks through betrayal. He speaks through dishonesty. He speaks through uh, storms. Psalm 77, 
Psalm 77, verse 16. Now, I'm going to read it out of the message translation of the scripture because I like the way it says. So you just follow along with me. Verse 16, you got it? It says, the ocean saw you in action, God, saw you and trembled with fear. Deep ocean was scared to death. Clouds belched buckets of rain. The sky exploded with thunder. Your arrows flashing this way and that way. Watch this. From the whirlwind came your thundering voice. Lightning exposed the world. Earth reeled and rocked. You strode right through the ocean, walked straight through the roaring ocean, but nobody saw you come or go. Look what he says. He says, watch this. From the whirlwind, from the storm, came your thundering voice. Okay, obviously your neighbor didn't hear me. God uses the tough spots we go through in life to speak to us. But notice the text says that nobody saw you come or go, which means that's both literally and in principle. Rarely do we hear God in our storms because the storm tries to distract you from what's being said. And when you get so occupied with trying to find the end of the storm, you're going to end up missing his voice. If you're so occupied with when is this going to be over and when I'm going to be out of this, you're going to miss what he's saying. And that's why you can't be worried about God. When is this going to be over? You just got to ride it out. You just got to ride it out. Because while you're riding out that storm, God is speaking to you and he's saying some things to you about yourself. He's exposing some things to you about the people you allow around you. He's saying something to you through you your storm storms don't always mean you're headed in the wrong direction many times think of this think of this think of this hurricanes hurricanes they start they start many times off the coast of africa and they travel up into the uh, atlantic uh, region of the united states and sometimes they will go off and they will go over towards England and so on, and sometimes they will hit the United States, sometimes they'll go into the Gulf of Mexico, sometimes they'll go into the Caribbean. But now watch this. A storm is an usher. What do ushers do? Ushers lead you to the right seat. Not where you want to sit, but where they tell you to sit. Because where they tell you to sit is the seat that's been preordained for you to sit in. A storm, think of it as a hurricane, has the ability to take something all the way from the coast of Africa and bring it all the way up next to Florida, Texas, Louisiana. You're missing what I'm saying. The storms you go through in life are God's perfect ushers to lead you right to the place that you're supposed to be. And it's not always where you think you ought to be. It's where God says that's the preordained seat for you to be. He didn't ask you where you wanted to sit. He said, sit right here. And that's why if you don't ride the storm out, check this out. If you don't ride the storm out, you're going to end up in the middle of the ocean somewhere because you didn't let it carry you all the way to your destination. Say, storm, you're speaking to me. They don't always mean that you're headed in the wrong direction. Many times it's ushering you to the right place. But can I take it another further? Many times what a storm is doing is not only taking you to the right place, but it's strengthening you as you get there. The level of prayer, worship, strength, fortitude, 
that you need for where you are supposed to be. If we were to look at life as levels, level one, level two, level three, level four, level five, level six, level seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen. If we were to look at life as levels, what we would discover is something real simple. The amount of skill it took on level one. Level two requires a different level of skill. Let, let me see if I can say it to you another way for all the smartphone users. There's this game I just I just uh, uh, you downloaded. Uh, it's it's kind of like Tetris, but it's not. I think it's called Move It or something. Well, watch this. Here's the whole name of the game. The name of the game is you have to move this uh, this uh, two by two square through all these obstacles to get it out of the place it's in to get it to the the place it's supposed to be. And as you're moving through all these obstacles, you only get a certain number of moves to get it where it's supposed to get. And you have to be strategic in your moves. Oh, I'm going to help somebody. You have to be strategic in your moves because if you're not strategic, the level already says you only get 40-something moves or you only get 12-something moves. And if you're not strategic, you may get to the end, but the level, the game will say, go do it again uh, because you need to make fewer moves than you did this time. I, you need to have more skill this time than you did last time. And as you continue to go through the levels, I think I'm on level like 700 because I don't like nothing to beat me. And so this game is not going to beat me either. And so, I, I, and so as I was doing all of that, I was going, I was going. And it sometimes said you get a gold trophy. Sometimes it said you get a silver trophy. Sometimes it said you get a bronze trophy. And then there were some times when it said, you need to do this over. We're not giving you nothing for what you just did. Because your skill level was insufficient. Your strength was insufficient for us to give you permission to move on to the next level. So until you can handle this well, we are not permitting you to go on to this. I'm going to help somebody in here. So what a storm often does is strengthen you at the level you're at. So that when you get to the next level... You will be strong enough, you'll have wisdom enough, you'll have skill enough to pass that level. God often speaks through storms. The storm is talking. I said the storm is talking. What is it saying to you? Because I want to tell you, it's probably not saying what you think it's saying. The storm is probably saying to you, man up. The, 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 the storm is probably saying to you, quit acting like all that. The storm is probably saying, wipe those tears, pull your sleeves back, and make it happen. The storm is probably saying to you, don't tell me you want that. When you can't handle this. I'm going to help somebody. The storm is probably saying to you. This too shall pass. But you got to pass it. The, I, I wish I had somebody in here. 
The storm is probably saying to you, weeping may endure for a night, but you get to determine when night turns into morning. The storm is probably saying to you, how long are you going to stay in this place of sickness and death? Or are you going to lift up your head, O ye gates, and be ye ever lifted up the everlasting doors for the king of God? The storm is talking to you. And I promise you, it ain't giving you just words of comfort. I promise you, it's giving you words of challenge. Stand up and rise up. You've been through worse than this before. You've dealt through worse than this before. Why are you sitting here tripping over this? Why are you sitting here upset over this? The storm is talking to you. And the storm is telling you, there's no way out of this except through it. You don't get to go around this. You, you don't get to go over here. You don't get to fly above it. You don't get to get in a submarine and go up under it. The storm is saying, there's one way through this, and that's through it. That, that's, that's probably what the storm is saying to you. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. The storm is probably shaking some things away from you that, that aren't supposed to be. You know what wind does and I'm through? I'm just helping somebody because somebody's pulling. You, you know what the storm does? The, the, the storm, when you look at wind, the, the, other, the other day, it was very, very windy. Very, very windy. Really windy. I mean, it was really windy. Very windy. Y'all remember that? Really, really, really windy. I mean, I, I, was, I was on on the highway, and, you know, my steering wheel was like, <laughs> you know, just trying to stay straight. It's really windy. But you know what I noticed? Everything that wasn't anchored <laughs> everything that was not anchored to the ground, to the foundation, everything that was not anchored, it did not have the ability to survive the wind. So I saw papers blowing, I saw plastic bags blowing, I saw dirt, dust, and debris blowing, and I thought to myself, what quicker way to clean up a life? I'm going to help somebody. What faster way to get the stuff out of your life that ain't anchored in your life than some high winds? Because those high winds have the ability to blow away everything that's not supposed to be there. Stand on your feet with me. He was talking the whole time. Father, we thank you that you're speaking to us all the time, the whole time. Thank you for the storm. Thank you that the storm speaks. My God. Thank you for your word. Thank you that the word speaks. Thank you for all of these methods in which you communicate with us. You're talking the whole time. Help us to come up off of AM and get on to where you at on the FM channel. Because there's a problem with the AM channel because the AM channel, when it gets late, sometimes you can't get the signal. Because the frequency is not being modulated enough. Help us to be on your channel. You're talking the whole time. 
with the head bowed and eyes closed, if you're here today and you don't know Jesus, before you can hear him talk, you, you got to establish a relationship. You can't hear somebody talk when you don't even know what to look for. Maybe you're thinking, ah, oh, Bishop Foreman, you don't know the mistakes I've made. You don't know the things I've done. I'm here to tell you, none of that's bigger than God's love. I'm here to tell you, none of that's bigger than the blood of Jesus covering you. I'm here to tell you that it doesn't matter when you did it, who you did it with, how you did it. None of that is more powerful than the blood of Jesus. What does the blood do? The blood is what washes us clean. It's what washes us free from all of our sins and all of our issues. Somebody say the blood. Your head bowed and eyes closed. If you don't know Jesus and you need to receive that and receive him as your savior today, I'm here to tell you, now's a better time than ever to do it. At Harvest, we're not going to judge you. We're not going to put you down. We're not going to beat you up. We're not going to talk. We just want to love you to life, man. We, we're so unconcerned about yesterday. We're so preoccupied with your tomorrow that yesterday really doesn't mean that much. And if you need to come to Christ, you need to know you're in a safe environment with people. that Your neighbor's working out some stuff, too. Don't let them fool you. But maybe secondly, you've given your life to Christ before and you've not been serving him and you want to rededicate yourself to him. You want to reestablish that relationship with him. It's not that God moves away from you. It's that you move away from God. But I'm here to tell you, when you take one step toward him, draw nigh unto him, the scripture says he'll draw nigh unto you. And if you need to do that today, today is your opportunity. This is your moment. And if either one of those is you, on the count of three, I want you to do one thing and one thing only. I'm not going to ask you to come down front. I'm not going to ask you to turn and confess your sin to your neighbor. I'm going to ask you to do one thing and one thing only. That's lift your hand because we're going to place something in your hand that's going to help you serve God faithfully. It doesn't mean that when you give your life to Christ, everything all of a sudden is going to change. No, what will change is you. And when you change, you'll begin to look at your circumstances differently. You'll begin to look at your storms differently because now when a storm comes, you'll say, God, I'm listening. If either one of those is you on the count of three, I want you to throw your hand up because we need to put something in your hand. And when you do that, you're going to hear the rest of the harvesters just celebrate and go crazy for you. On the count of three, throw that hand up. One, two, three. If that's you, put that hand up. Hallelujah. 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 Now, everybody say this to me. Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you that God sent Jesus to die in my place pay for my sin I thank you that because of this belief and because of this confession if it's my first time praying this I am born again if I was far from you I'm reconnected to you I believe that the best is yet to come in my life I believe that today can be the beginning of a fresh start. In Jesus' name, would you just celebrate and shout for Jesus in here? Experiences are what people love the most about travel. Viator is a website and app where you can book travel experiences like hiking Mount Kilimanjaro in Tanzania or enjoying the views while cruising on a catamaran in the Caribbean. They offer everything from simple tours to extreme adventures. With over 300,000 bookable experiences in 190 countries, there's something for everyone. Plus, Viator's travel experiences have millions of real traveler reviews. So you have the information you need to book the best activities for your trip. 
When you book a travel experience with Viator, there's always flexibility and support with free cancellation, payment options, and 24-7 service. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10. That's V-I-A-T-O-R-10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. One app, over 300,000 travel experiences you'll remember. Do more with Viator. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.